Hello! <laughs> it is Thursday, September 20th, here in this beautiful country of the United States of America. I'm sure where you're listening, it is the same goddamn date. With that being said, the boys and I are in two different locations. I am coming to you live from a hotel room with Evan Foxy's handsome ass standing right next to me. The boys are back in Indianapolis. Indiana! AG studio. MyBookie.ag, the greatest place on earth to gamble. Use promo code PAT right now. You get a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $1,000. Let's not be ridiculous here. Let's nah, not be ridiculous. Let's not go crazy. I'm sick of people trying to be ridiculous all the goddamn time. Every <laughs> single day. All the damn time. MyBookie.ag, <laughs> the greatest place to gamble on earth. Today, we'll be giving you our quick picks that will be locking money, basically, in your pockets with for no charge. This show is free. Mm-hmm. It's free. We're giving you picks for free. Who else does that? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody <laughs> gives away picks on podcasts. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. So you go to MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, AG, use promo code PAT, get 100% bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. And if you wait until 7 p.m., because we broke the goddamn servers of this gambling thing, <laughs> you get an extra $25 whenever you use promo code PAT25. They, uh, you also um, made 37 bags today in five minutes. How about me doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, every single Thursday, Beat Pat McAfee Challenge. If you didn't get your bet in today, this was the easiest overbet in the history of overbets. Mm-hmm. The line moved from minus 130 to minus 400. <laughs> because I think everybody saw the same thing, but mybookie.ag fades me basically in certain challenges. Today was cornhole. The over-under was at 20 and a half, and I'll tell you what. I ain't never woke up and knew I was going to do something more than I knew I was going to do that. The whole process of getting the cornhole boards, though. <laughs> what happened? Here, down here in Orlando, it's a great question. So I'm down here in Orlando, got some stuff going on mm-hmm. with uh, WWE. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Ooh. I heard of it. Mm. Pretty big pretty big operation there. Don't, don't know if you ever heard of it. <laughs> 25 years of live TV, no big deal. Billions of fans, no big deal. Went over to Saudi Arabia and met the goddamn prince over there, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, they flew me in here. Uh, me and Foxy, actually. They actually flew Foxy down here. Wow. He's the athletic coach, by the way, way back. Way, That's way where back he belongs. By the toilet. That's where he belongs. I didn't like it. I didn't. Because it was one of them big planes where you walk in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And then you mm-hmm. got to, like, you gotta like one turns right, one turns left. Yep. You know? Oh. Foxy had to turn right. No. Go, go back to the toilet, Foxy. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going up here to the pod. Hey, okay. wild move, get an onion cheeseburger. We're running late, Diggs. We're running late. I was running late. We sprinted into the airport. I didn't get checked at TSA, by the way. It's the first time probably in two years I haven't got my quad checked. I think I got to start working out a little bit more. Uh-huh. I think I this, this was a little shot across the bow from TSA. <laughs> It's the first time I've walked through the little scanner thing, and I turn, and I'm just waiting. There's three people, and they're like, you have to wait here to see. If-. I'm like, I, I know, and I know I'm going to go into that little glass cage over there, <laughs> and you guys are going to put on little rubber gloves, and one of you is going to feel my dick. I know how this operates. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, no, no, it goes green. You're okay. And I'm like, 
It's kind of like not getting a random drug test after a game. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, I must not have done that well. My guards must not look that good anymore. OBJ, by the way, complaining about all the random drug tests he get. I like that a lot. I'm yeah. a big fan of him getting pissed off. But there is videos of him laying in bed with a lady with uh, 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 cocaine. Yeah, he was also <laughs> he was also part of the infamous uh, yacht boat party where uh, you could clearly see blunts and cocaine on the uh, on the yeah. old boat. Now, to Mr. Beckham Jr.'s uh, credit here, this would be a performance-enhancing drug test, not a street drug test. Correct. Because the annual street drug test is up already. The time for that is already up. Mm -hmm. So this would only be a performance-enhancing mm -hmm. drug test, which... I think cocaine as an amphetamine would fail that <laughs> test, though. Yeah, and in fact, if you get on a boat in Miami, the cocaine comes standard. You, right, if right. you don't want it on there, you have to throw it off as soon as you leave the dock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're either running it or snorting it. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a boat in Miami. There's something going down. But anyways, so um, we were running late. I get through the TSA. It was really good. I hadn't eaten anything all goddamn day because we get, I went straight from the office back to home mm -hmm. uh, and then w over to the airport. And it's just kind of like a run, run, run thing. And I'm on this keto diet, you know, yeah, yeah. even though even though my lady in a very um, Not evil, evil, mm -hmm. I'd say. You think evil? Evil, Not evil, temptress. Malicious. Was. Yeah. I was. Just, yeah. Malicious, also a good word. Put out the Reese pumpkins right there in front of my face two nights ago. A wily and temptress. I, what's that, Dick? She's a wily temptress. Yeah. Oh, it finally came to you there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I popped a quad last night, man. I'm in a bad spot. I saw that on the Twitter, man. That's tough. My quads are also in a bad spot. You can't go all out there, Diggs. We're it's the playoffs, Pat. It was the playoffs. I had to go all out. <laughs> playoffs? <laughs> um, so she puts out four Reese pumpkins right in front of my face the other night when she knows I'm on this keto diet. Mm -hmm. She knows that if it's in front of me, I'm going to do it. She knows <laughs> that if you put crack in front of a crackhead, he's going to fucking start the itching. And that's what she did. So I had four Reese's the other night and I woke up and I was just so ashamed of myself. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I was like, I'm getting back on this keto diet heavy. No more carbs, no more fat, no more heroin, kid. And then I just didn't eat all goddamn day. So I get to the airport. get to the airport, and there's no options. There's not a lot of options uh -huh. there. So we're kind of running. I got Foxy waiting at the gate to tell me when our final minute is <laughs> to get on the plane. That's how close it was, right? So I'm, there's a burger place there, and there's a guy who talked just like Vonte handling. Oh, no. nice, <laughs> bro! I lost it. It wasn't Vonte. No, it wasn't his new career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, hey, hey, how can I help you? And I was like, oh, I was taken aback for a minute. I was like, oh, I love the way you sound. Uh, I would also like, I want a triple cheeseburger. And then he was like, you want grilled onions, grilled mushrooms on that? I'm like, yeah. I absolutely do. Thank you so much. And I was so taken back by his vaunted voice. And then I heard grilled onions as an option. I'm like, hey, yeah, I want fucking grilled onions from this guy. So I just go, yup, to both of them, right? Mm -hmm. So then it, it gets sent back to the cook who I can see working through the goddamn window. The, the cashier guy disappears. Uh -huh. Okay, he disappears. While the order gets sent back, the chef, I can see him. 
just puts down his fucking gloves, puts down his little spatula things, and just walks out. <laughs> past me, walks right past me, goes to the bathroom. So now I, I know that Vontae Davis is not cooking, <laughs> and I, I can see the goddamn grill. The guy who's supposed to be cooking is in the bathroom right now. I'm like, well, I mean, I can't blame the guy. He's, if he's got to piss or poop, what are we doing? I'm looking down at Fox. I'm like, we got time. He's like, yeah, getting close, getting close. So now I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I just got a spray tan. That's not good. We all know that. <laughs> so then the guy comes out of the bathroom, slowest walker I've ever seen in my life. I think he took a shit because of how relaxed he was. <laughs> he comes walking out and just like, hey, hey, bub, I hope it was great in there, you know? Hope it was great. And he goes, oh, it was. Thanks. And just walks back in there, takes his time putting his gloves back on. Okay, takes his time. At least time. he did that. I, I'm, look, I'm looking down at Foxy. Foxy's like, hey, we're getting close here, okay? And the guy whips it together. I got no bun, so he just puts the three burgers, the cheese, the bacon. Oh. <laughs> it was really good. Just right into one of them, um, what's Foil. the metal things? Foil. Yep, there yeah. it is. Puts it in the foil. Then I have to run. We're the last people on the plane. Foxy, last people on the plane. Standard. Yet again, I'm first class. He's in the back. I sit down. As soon as I sit down, I go to open the bag, and I just get hit. (laughs) I I just get hit with the fucking onion smell. I'm like, and I shut it. And I shut it back up. I twist it up, and I'm like, I bitch about these people all the time. (laughs) I'm starving. I've yet to eat a single thing. So there I am sitting next to a man who's reading uh, an anti-Trump book. (laughs) Who I could just sense hates white people. I could sense. I could just sense it from him. I didn't ask him, but I could just. He never reached out to say hello to me when I sat down. I gave him a hello. Was it Reggie Wayne? Think of what's that? Was it Reggie Wayne? (laughs) That's what it felt like. That's exactly what it felt like. So, like, this guy, I know he sees me come walking in with this goddamn paper bag. I open it. He's the only one, I think, that caught any of the onion. And in his head, I could hear him just be like, if this motherfucking cracker he even thinks about it. He even thinks about it. this goddamn burger I'm going to slap the shit up. And so I'm just sitting there, and I'm drooling, though. Like, oh, yeah. I am at the point where I'm drooling because I saw the burger that they put in there. You smelled it? Sure. Oh, it looks so delicious. There's bacon on there. Uh, There's a triple burger, American cheese, some grilled onions, grilled mushrooms. They had the bad lettuce. They had the big thing of lettuce uh, as opposed uh, to the shredded lettuce. So uh, I didn't like that as much. Yeah. But I'm just sitting there staring at it. And for me, I I like the ability to be able to bash people that do dumb things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never yeah. noticed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Zito, we'll get to your stuff. <laughs> what happens after I landed in Orlando? So I couldn't. In just, it was a mistake to order the grilled onions, but it was a moment that happened so quickly during the ordering. You process. trusted Vonte. Vonte, he got me. He just, he got me. So now I just had to sit in my mistake because I want to be able to bitch <laughs> about this for the rest of my life. I didn't. I, I can't bitch about what other people do if I'm somebody that does it. You know that's. Well, and that's yeah, not that's a pleasure fun. you allow yourself very often. So I can't imagine what's going through your brain. Like I haven't had a burger in like two months. I want to fucking no. devour this thing. There's no bun. Talk. No bun. Uh. Wait, did that cashew ever come back, or did he retire? 
No, he was gone. <laughs> he literally Vontae directly after taking my order, which I guess that should not be lost in the story. <laughs> we did not see him again. <laughs> I did not see him again. There was other people coming up while I was waiting. And they were like, is this place open? And I was like, I think. I, was like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's I got to my grandma. I'm out, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my ass kicked. Um, so I'm pretty excited uh, that I I withstood the the ability to talk shit about those people forever uh-huh. because honestly you can't be a hypocrite. No. You can't. That's something I don't enjoy being as a hypocrite. I like to I like to walk it how I talk it, <laughs> and I shut myself up to be in a bad bad situation there. But, I mean, as soon as I got off the plane, that thing got shoved down my face quicker than anything I've ever seen in my life. And it was still warm because foil. of the, um, the, the, the foil. The Does crack a great job. Wrapping. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. They smoke crack out of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, one, yeah. I've smoked vitamins out of a uh, tin foil pipe one time. <laughs> so oh, yeah. You make the little boat. With the foil? It's, it's, it's it basically underneath. like a bowl, but made out of tin foil. If, if you're crafty enough. <laughs> I think that that would be a moment like I woke up one time next to a river in an RV <laughs> in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Af- after potentially chugging moonshine out of a um like a washer fluid bottle. Yep. Uh, and potentially smelling a white substance and <laughs> I looked in the mirror and I've never been more embarrassed of me i was in the rv and i couldn't pee because the thing was clogged yeah so i could i couldn't flush i mean i peed into somebody else's piss and i turned i looked in the mirror and i was like what are you doing (laughs) what are you doing with your life here Pat? you know what are we you're better is this what what you're gonna do really you're you're literally in a van down by the river (laughs) (laughs) this is honestly what you're doing right now and i looked around and everybody kind of saying look if i was smoking anything out of what people smoke crack out of i think i would be judging myself the same way Uh, did did you have that i mean i wasn't proud of myself but i also that's that same summer uh i worked in the hood i worked for a roofing company on in the hood Oh, okay. And I, I basically worked <laughs> with crackheads, and they would smoke weed um, off of out of pop cans, and I thought that was probably the lowest of the low. No, see, I think pop cans, bottles, those things, much higher than the crack tinfoil. <sighs> yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you on the water bottle. I don't know about the pop can. But I tried it once. It was it was it tasted weird. How are the neighborhood crackheads back there today? By the way, I kind of missed them. Oh, they're they're lively today. It was nice and warm out. The nice warm uh, warm morning. They're all over the place. Yeah, they're all walking about, having a day. Yeah. Is that Foxy going to take a shit? Yeah, he's going to shit in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Every there's that one crackhead every morning that has a full conversation with himself. Yep. I say hello every single morning. He, he not he refuses to talk to me. He only talks to himself. Yeah, he's I busy. Just, he's in a conversation. <laughs> Yeah, but every fucking morning he can't just stop with himself and tell me hello one time. I respect that he sits outside of the bank like some some magical like money is going to fall out someday and he's going to be the first to grab it. Yeah, not a bad spot to panhandle. <laughs> the There's another yeah. one that's always walking like very fast, just looking down at the ground like he's on a mission. And I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> you know, you're not going Probably anywhere. Get more crack. <laughs> We had to fly out of the international terminal out of Atlanta down here to Orlando. Yeah, yeah. 
so it makes a lot of sense because all these people fly in from all over the world to go to Disney World. So it's in the international terminal. And the international terminal is the nicest terminal in any airport. I've always said it. But the one in Atlanta is next level. It is beautiful. That's where you met the lady who hates Nick, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And while we were walking by the spot where the lady hated Nick, I actually told Evan, I'm like, this was the spot. I actually said, this was the spot. A sweet old lady said she loved everything we do. She just hates that Nick guy. That old bitch sucked. (laughs) I kind of want to put like a plaque there. Like, uh, you know, when uh, people put stuff on the side of the road for something terrible that happens, I want to put one of those right there. In between the uh, E terminal and D terminal. But if we start handing out plaques for everyone who hated me, it'd be it'd be the list would be <laughs> fucking astronomical. <laughs> Buddy. So we land, we go through the international terminal. Not a lot of English speaking folks in there, obviously. People flying in to see Mickey Mouse's house. And uh, we land and Zito 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 told us. Miller's Ale House, the airport Miller's Ale House. I talked to a guy named Mark. You show up. You can pick up cornhole boards. No problem. So I get a rental car. Foxy and I get a rental car. It's a minivan. It's blacked out. It's dope. And it's got some juice, too, by the way. That thing's got some juice. Just if anybody's in the market. Spice Adams <laughs> wants a minivan like It's true. It is true. So we head to the Miller's Ale House, which is less than two miles from the airport. We walk in there, there's an outside patio, all Caucasian people. Mm-hmm. Then there's an inside part, no white people. Okay? <laughs> so there's, there's Spanish speaking over here, there's African Americans over here, there's Indians here, but there's air conditioning as well. So me and Foxy were like, I think we're not supposed to be on the inside here, but we're, we're staying in the air conditioning. <laughs> so we go sit at the bar. Um, I was still hungry because all I had was that one burger. And I ordered some food. Bartender comes over. Very nice, man. I go, is there a Mark here? He goes, yep, Mark's out there on the outside bar right over there. I was like, is he a pretty good guy? He's like, yeah, been here 18 years. I'm like, okay, this is the guy Zito yeah, talked yeah. to. I cannot believe Zito set this up so so seamlessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So the outside has turned into quite a party. I mean, they're out there having a good time. There's a lot of yelling happening. I mean, the bartender's in the middle of this outside patio. There's a, there's a party happening. So we walk. We eat our food. We tell the bartender, thank you so much. We go outside the market. Uh-huh. We, have, we have to cut in in the bar because the bar is so... Crowded? Yes. So I do like a little shimmy into the bar. I put my hand up. And I go, uh, one bartender comes up to me. I go, uh, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I have no need for you. I'm here for Mark. So then Mark comes around. Mark leans over. I go, are you Mark? He goes, yeah, what's up? I go, I'm here for the cornhole boards. <laughs> so what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, you're Mark? He goes, yeah. I go, you talk to Zito? I'm here for the cornhole boards. And he goes, I feel like I'm being punked right now. <laughs> and I said, no, you didn't talk to Azito? He says, is this a fucking joke? And he starts looking around. And then I'm sitting next to Foxy, and Foxy's like, no jokes, sir. This is no joke. We are being serious. He goes, what are you talking about? Do you have cornhole boards from Zito? I'm here to pick up the... So at this point, I'm raising my voice a little bit because it's so loud. The people sitting around us in the bar now... 
now poking their heads. In the <laughs> now, now they're in the conversation because it seems as if we're trying to pick up drugs. <laughs> yeah, if cornhole boards was their code for cocaine, <laughs> and Zito had no idea. <laughs> oh, they, they probably think, is this fucking guy in a sleeveless and jorts trying to pick up a fucking kilo of cocaine? <laughs> Come on, guy, Mark, has been here for 18 years? So I, I, like, I like put my hand on the bar. And I'm like, Mark, I need you to be serious with me just for a minute. I'm here to pick up the fucking cornhole boards. Do you have the cornhole boards? And he's like, no, we've never had cornhole boards here. I've never played cornhole. And I call them bad. Oh. Like, oh, oh. So me and Foxy just walk away, right? You didn't, so have, now I'm a, you didn't ask that? him like if he remembered the phone call with Zito? He'd like, he completely just ignored everything? I asked a couple times if he knew a Zito. And he was right. like, I've never heard of a Zito. So he ruled out Zito very early. <laughs> he ruled out a Zito very early. So we just walked away without giving that guy a full explanation. Explanation. We just walked away. Foxy and I just walk away. And I would have loved to hear that, like the five <laughs> people sitting to our right and five people are left with Mark conversation after Foxy and I walk out of here. Because that was very much a regulars party. There. Yeah, yeah. So we call Zito back, obviously. We tell him, I, I tell him I fucking knew it. I go, Zito, I fucking knew it. I, I, there, I met with a guy named Mark. I don't know how you got the name Mark. Did you just call and ask, like, <laughs> who's the longest tenured <laughs> Just give me a name. And he goes, ah, why? Mark didn't remember me? And I was like, Zito's now upset. Zito is now like, disrespected that his friend yeah. Mark didn't remember him. So but now it's like 11.45, 11.50 down here in Orlando. And Zito was like, let me call Mark back. So now we're waiting in the, the basically the parking lot of this place for Zito to call Mark back. Zito calls Mark and he goes, are you at the one on Colonial? We're like, no, we're at the airport Miller's Alehouse. He goes, oh, there's an executive airport 30 miles from you. That's the one. <laughs> we had to take a fucking toll road. We had to take a toll road. In my defense, Florida is only ran by toll roads. There it is. That's neither here nor there. We had to drive 30 minutes down a toll road past a guy. What was the, the Indian guy working at the toll road? I forget his name. The Indian guy at the toll was the F- best. Finish. I pull up. I go, how much? He goes, a dollar twenty-five for you. And I'm like, for me? He's like, for you. I'm like, how about a buck? And he's like, no, dollar twenty-five for you. I already make good deal. He and I have full conversation. Wait, toll road workers are making deals these days? No, I, I, I was thinking if I could pull off a deal here, yeah. better than anything Rick had ever done in Pond. Twenty-five cents off the fucking toll road. I thought that would have been a big fucking. Deal. I'm surprised <laughs> you guys had cash to pay it. Well, I only had two dollars. The dollar twenty-five was a big deal. We had to find a different way home, by the way, to miss the toll road. We didn't have enough money. So we go through the toll road. We finally get to this other Miller's Alehouse, which is right next to the executive airport. So I could see how Zito, the executive airport is a private airport. I could see how Zito could potentially, even though we told him the WWE was flying us and we're going into the international airport. There is the, that's the thing with Zito. Everything he does, there's always like, a, I, yeah, I can see how you would fuck he, this he listens to half of your conversation. Yeah, he heard airport. So the funny thing is, after uh, you guys called me back, I zoomed out from the map, 
and I saw the bigger airport directly south, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so the people at the Miller's Ale House, the second one we had to go to, they stayed there until 1230. So past, past it being closed <laughs> so we could go pick it up. We walk in there. guy named Scott is the bartender. Yep. We walk up. Everybody's – this place is empty. Me and Foxy just walk in, go up to the bar. And we go, Mark, and he goes, I don't have time for you. And I'm like, oh, no, this is a fuck up again. And he's like, I'm joking. I got the cornhole bags for you. You guys are the guys? <laughs> like, yep. He's like, here's the bags. There's the boards. Have a good one. And he didn't even follow us. Me and Foxy just fucking walked out with them. No no promise of return. <laughs> that, is, that is the weirdest thing because he doesn't – like when I talked to Mark, he was like, yeah, come pick him up. Like that's the funniest thing because I would never just trust to – like a person I just called. For random cornhole. No promise. No promise of return. They literally didn't even watch us. We could have taken chairs out of there. <laughs> we, we just shattered the shit up. And just, so then we had to put it in the um, in the back of the minivan, and then we start making the trek back to our hotel, which is in the international airport. It is in, it is in the airport. Like the airport is right fucking there. So we start making the trek back. I get a DM from Mac Loudermilk. Oh, punter from UCF. Punter from, yeah, punter from UCF. He, I get a DM from him. He goes, Cuz, I got two American flag cornhole boards sitting in my living room right now. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God. It's already 1235, 1240 a.m. at this point. I'm like, how far are you from the airport? He's like, 25, 30 minutes probably. And I'm like, that's another hour trip. <laughs> Plus, I'm sure we're going to talk for an hour or two. I ain't got time, Mac. I ain't got time. And he goes, well, next time you come into town, you got to swing by. He, he had a name for his house. I forget what it was. Oh, uh, of course he has. He's in college. <laughs> yeah, he had a name for his house. And I was like, I'm going to do that for sure. So we ended up with the cornhole boards after a journey around uh, the greater Orlando area. <laughs> very thankful for that. But the Miller's Ale House people, very trustworthy. Good boards? So, yeah, just they're wooden, yeah. I I don't know if they're great, but they they didn't look good when you FaceTime me. They looked kind of like cheap. Yeah, but it's they're bar. Yeah, cornhole. You know what I mean? They're better than anything we'd be able to get at Walmart or Dicks. Right. So that's that's really good news. I mean, I packed my own bags, so I'm I'm fucking. We're in this to win. The fact that Mac Loudermilk has two American flag cornhole boards in his house just further proves me that he's just he loves you and is trying to be the most Pat McAfee person of all time. Or he's just a good American. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> can you not? Can you not just accept the fact? Uh, that listen, I American? think we're all good Americans, but none of us have American flag cornhole boards sitting in our living room. <laughs> Maybe we're not that great of Americans. <laughs> Something to think about. Um, I'm a big fan of that Mac Loudermilk kid, though. Even more after last night, <laughs> just slide, slide in DMs, Cuzzy. I got you some. Come pick them up. Come through. Yeah, you're so far away. <laughs> I, by the, I'm, I'm, I think there's going to be more of these Orlando trips. Now, granted, I'm filming some content for them today uh -huh. down here. I uh, can't wait to get into it. I'm excited to see how they enjoy my style of creating things. I'm sure they will. Strictly straight off the hip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sh straight off the hip. Zero rehearsals. <laughs> don't need a teleprompter. Oh, yeah. Let's keep it moving. I'll be excited to see how they roll with that. But if I come down to Orlando and I don't go to a UCF game, to go show a little love to Mac Loudermilk for that goddamn offer. I'm an absolute asshole. And the only way that I will be able to know 
and I got the best bang for my buck on those tickets <laughs> to that UCF Golden Knights game. He's with the greatest ticket guy on earth. You talk about SeatGeek? SeatGeek. Yeah. SeatGeek is the greatest place to buy tickets on earth. They scan all the other ticket places so that you know you're getting the best bang for your buck whether it's comedy or theater or football or baseball or any of the other balls you go and have a ball with getting a ticket from SeatGeek SeatGeek not only sells you the ticket Uh they are proving that the ticket you buy is the ticket you get correct there's no catfish no Uh there's Uh no nothing everything you see is what you get and it's the best bang for your buck on the internet you go to you download the SeatGeek app right now use promo code pat guess what Diggs? what you get ten dollars off your first purchase wow that's a lot what if you use promo code mcafee Use promo code McAfee. You get $20 off your first purchase. But we need people to go ahead and have a little little self-awareness. If you have a lot of money in this world, use the pack. Get $10 off. Mm-hmm. If you're on the come up right now, don't have the max amount of money, you use McAfee. Get $20 off. But we need both to be used, you see. We need both to be used so SeatGeek continues to, to, to advertise with everything we do. Mm-hmm. How... The, how Manti Teo is not the spokesperson for SeatGeek by now is absurd. Why is that, Dick? Well, he got, he got catfished. <laughs> <laughs> his girlfriend, I mean, his catfish is dead now, but. <laughs> Probably the most notable catfish. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that guy, that Nev guy, him and his partner broke up, right? They're no longer doing the show. Who? Nev Campbell? Nev, what's his name? The guy Shulman. who catfished the show. Oh, Nev Shulman. Him and his partner broke up, right? I don't know. I don't know who that is. Nev and Max, guy, I believe. The guy that did the um, the camera. The guy that did the cameras. I believe his him. name I was Max. Working hey, you know me. I just read headlines. I don't read into actually what happened. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to get through life. Uh, how about Bert and Ernie not being gay now? Uh, yeah. You mean how I told you they weren't gay? Diggs, you were very, very, very pessimistic early about this whole story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they are no longer gay. I, I, it's, it's conflicting reports on their sexuality. He's poor fucking puppet. <laughs> they don't <laughs> know what to do. Puppet. Should I fuck him or not fuck him? <laughs> the guy running the puppets is like, what should I do? <laughs> should I let him? What do we do? <laughs> Sesame Street back in the mainstream conversation now. Good marketing, just like IHOP. I know. Mm-hmm. I know what just they're like doing. Like IHOP. <laughs> we, we here at the Pat McAfee Show, though, would like it to be known that we are very much for Bert and Ernie living their best lives, however possible. A thousand percent. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. That is, we, we don't, if they want to fuck each other, have them fuck each other. Yeah. If they want to. They don't want to have sex with nobody. If they're just sexless puppets, yeah. we're all about. But don't be lying to us. <laughs> I don't think they should just dangle through life being sexless puppets, though. Yeah, that's no way to live. Be, I think they should think pick they a should side. The rocks off. Yeah. <laughs> I think when they ejaculate, confetti pops up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, um, the NFL broke some news yesterday. Which one? 
after after we recorded Quick Hits, the NFL broke some news yesterday, which is what Quick Hits is supposed to be for, is breaking all the NFL news. Maroon 5 has been chosen yeah. as the Super Bowl 50 halftime performing act in Atlanta, much to the chagrin of every human that loves Atlanta rap music, Correct. Atlanta music in general. Don't know how Adam Levine stays on the right side of PR here, dudes. I, it's just... It's tough because out of anybody, Adam Levine's the guy who needs more exposure, needs to have more sex. Like he's <laughs> <laughs> no, but I yeah, did. Yeah, but that's how halftime works. Is they usually take a pretty big start. Dude. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> right, how it works. Right. I yeah, but I did see a lot of people in the Atlanta music and rap scene upset that they didn't do like an Atlanta collab. But there's if there's one thing we know about uh, live rap performances, I don't. It's just they're not always great. You're ro- you're really rolling the dice with with that. I agree with that completely. The thing about these Super Bowl halftime performances, though, like when the Red Hot Chili Peppers were there, Flea was selling out. His fucking shit wasn't even plugged in. Dude, it's a show. It wasn't even plugged in. Bruno Mars, all his little guys, I don't even know how they make those soundless. I don't even know how it's possible. The only person that's truly performing is the person on the mic. And as long as you don't get that 21 Savage character, (laughs) I think there's some very, very notable Atlanta rappers that would have done the trick. Now, granted, I assume that Adam Levine, with some self-awareness from his people, will bring these people out. But, Nick, play that first song that I want Adam Levine to go ahead and just bring on out. Yep. Goes, yep. around their neighborhood rapping their songs so they would sound good they were legends in high school atlanta legends in high school stankonia came out whenever they were like 17 just running the world i think if adam levine doesn't bring out outcast i think there might be a full fucking riot in atlanta the day after the guy let me let me i mean i could run through a list here for you besides outcast you got ti ludicrous tlc CeeLo green crm Big Boy, we got Young Jeezy, Little John, Soldier Boy, Gucci Mane, Killer Mike, B.O.B., B. O. B., Little Scrappy, Bubba Sparks, Ying Yang Twins, Young Dro, <laughs> Jermaine Dupree, <laughs> bring them all out, Young Jock, Little John, don't forget about them franchise boys, what about Crime Mob? Also, please do not forget about this man, who is a little bit different of a demo, but from the same area, please, Nick. Sean Depot. <laughs> Jamaica. Do you know Sean Paul was from Atlanta? Oh. Oh, I like it. You know, well, I'm a chicken fried. 
A cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And a radio Radio So many different options from Atlanta that they could have used. So many different options. And somehow, Adam Levine's handsome ass. Let's not get crazy. He's very handsome, very mm-hmm. talented. Yep. You watch the voice. He plays the drums. Mm-hmm. He plays the piano. He sings. He does this. He does that. He's very, very talented. But you would think the NFL would be like, you know what? We're in Atlanta. There is a wealth of music here. This seems to be overpopulated with musicians. Maybe we just put together an Atlanta collections like the Olympics do. Yep, the yep. Olympics do this. This is what the Olympics a do. A good medley. I don't know what, a good medley. A harmony, if, if, uh, if such. You know why they chose Adam Levine? Why? It's safe. He's not going to do anything... I hope he pulls his Controversial. It is a safe play. He's a mainstream figure, so they feel like that's pop. But Zach Brown has done like the MLB All-Star game. Yeah, yeah. He's done a lot of very mainstream mm-hmm. things, so you'd still be showing love to Atlanta. And I assume Zach Brown being from there would be like, oh, yep, we have to add in Lil John. We have to have Ludacris. We have to have Outkast. Like there's always a way to have these types of things happen, but I just I just feel like this is another miss by the NFL. I don't know why they always choose to do it. May- I don't know why. Maybe so like Adam does like two songs and then they throw to a separate stage and it's all those rappers that we talked about and they all do Welcome to Atlanta remix. Ooh. Oh yeah, the Welcome to Atlanta has to be the the first I mean, it's very, it's hacky. Yo, right? yo, 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hacky move playing that when you're in the lane. I get it. It's a hacky move. But then there's also Outcast says, Georgia. 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 That came out whenever we played Georgia, my freshman yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, we on the grind. It was, aw- it was awesome just saying, Georgia. We <laughs> We yeah. beat Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your dream? Awesome. Who's your dream halftime performance? I don't know. I sent you guys that text. Um, that's a very good question. I enjoyed the because I was thinking about that this morning while I was showering here in the shower mm-hmm. with less than zero water pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're below sea level. It's tough. <laughs> I was grabbing a basically a bottle of water and throwing it on my goddamn place. And also, by the way, this is the hotel that comes with the earplugs next to the bed. Love they that. Oh, you're uh, for one. You love it. They also gave you the uh, worst water brand of all time. How's that taste? Like dog shit? It's not good, but they could potentially sponsor the show. So Yeah, I didn't say who it was. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't say it out loud. <laughs> this is on YouTube. But yeah, it's really <laughs> awesome. um, 
I don't know. I, I was interested to hear who you guys thought because I feel like Todd's. I'm excited to hear the difference between Todd's mm-hmm. and uh, Nick's or Todd's and Dates and stuff like that. I think Zach Brown, though, with Outcast, Lil John, you may be bringing a Jeezy if you can somehow keep it mainstream enough. I think, to be honest, that's an incredible fucking show. Like, in my head, that's an inc- Because Zach Brown, that whole band, is so mm-hmm. talented. They could play the rap beats to all the yeah, songs. Yeah. Now, granted, they, they would pre-record it, and they would run. Right. But you get it. That would be an incredible show. Personally, I think that would be a great show. Uh, Todd, who are you thinking? Well, I had written down Zach Brown because of Atlanta, so scratch that (laughs) out. I think it's a great idea. Having them collab with somebody is fucking next level. So I'm going to go, like, if I could have uh, a collaboration of two of my favorite dead artists, it would be Tom Petty and Prince (laughs) coming together (laughs) and doing the show. So Prince did it in Miami in the rain when Uh the Colts won, right? Yep. Yep, yep. And Tom Petty did it as well. I think when I was in college, I don't remember who won that. Yeah, they, the sales of their shit goes through the roof the next day, right? It, oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh mm-hmm. yeah. But I like you, the you collab. The collab makes everything. You know what I mean? Let's oh. bring two great artists together in into one show, and they've got to make a. Uh, they've got to build that show. It's I, not just come in and play your hits. I would want to collab. Yeah. Bruno Mars with Freddie Mercury in Queen. I like that. (laughs) That Greatest show of all time. The two greatest showmen of all time, possibly, on one stage. Fuck it, they're going to need to open that roof. (laughs) (laughs) Bruno's little ass is so goddamn The best live performer. We've talked about this before. He's the best live performer on the earth. Now, now. it should be noted, Maroon 5 has a ton of collabs with rappers. They have a song with Future, who's an Atlanta dude. They have a song with Kendrick Lamar. They have a song with Wiz. Okay. And Cardi B. So it's possible. Is the one with Cardi Wiz B the is very throwing s- shoes at Nicki Minaj? Hey, old buddy's head that got hit with that helmet tie one. Dude. Uh. Bro, keep your helmet off. <laughs> <laughs> that looks so bad. So so bad. It looks like a like a it looks like an alien movie where the alien like crawls into their mouth and then wiggles around in their head. It's exactly what it looks oh. like. It looks like the new vape commercials the government's putting out for kids not to vape. Have you seen those? No. <laughs> oh, so like they have these little kids hitting the jewels, and then they have it go through their skin, and like Ugh. it's like you're putting a lot of chemicals into your body that you don't need, <laughs> and it's it, it sticks out. Though. That's exactly what it looks uh, like. Though it looks oh. like it's like. Uh, something sticking out. Nick, what is your... Um, that's bad, though. That sucks for him. He's probably done for at least a month or two. Yeah, can't, yeah, put, a can't, can't put a helmet on for at least a week or two. Um, it's be longer than that. That's the head, bro. That's the head. Oh, yeah, then the yeah. stitches got to heal. Ugh. Yeah. It's ugly. That's, he's in a bad spot. They should, I can't believe they stitched it, by the way. Back in my day, they put a butterfly band <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for him, though. T's and P's for his forehead. My dream Super Bowl halftime show would be headlined by Led Zeppelin. And then if we're cool. if we're doing collabs here, I would like to see Led Zeppelin and Two Chains. <laughs> Two Chains, also Atlanta. Yeah, Titty Boy. <laughs> there was so many options for them to choose from. So many options. And they go with a guy who's known for being on on NBC. Mm-hmm. And the show's on CBS. 
It just it doesn't make much sense to not that that matters what I just said right there, but it just doesn't make much sense to me. I think Justin Timberlake stands are going to be pissed off with you saying that Bruno is the greatest showman on earth because Justin Timberlake is selling out arenas with just a microphone and a circle stage in the middle of it. Listen, right now, by I, the uh, that microphone moves though. I'm on uh, JT's fan email list, so they know <laughs> they know that I am a fan of JT. Yeah, he fucking slides that mic around. <laughs> He's 1B for me. He's 1B. I like JT a lot. I think that Atlanta collab, though, could be awesome. Zito, have you thought about this? Yes, my my uh, collab would be John Denver and Carlos Santana. Oh, I actually don't mind that. <laughs> it would be electric. <laughs> Santana. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking banger of a song that I haven't heard in forever. Hey, he used to put out heaters on. Nick, yeah, find that, won't you? He has arthritis. Santana used to be a. He used to be a part of everything. He has arthritis in his fingers. He can't play anymore. I'm pretty sure his hands are. Oh, uh, that's, that's like tough. the saddest uh, thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's tough. It might be a lie. I don't know. I read that in uh, the gossip. Oh. oh. Smooth, Rob Thomas. Oh yeah, there it is. That's what that's what I was originally thinking of. Thursday bangers. <laughs> this is a heater, bro. This is love. Atlanta would burn down after they heard this. <laughs> One of my soccer teammates, his sister's name was Maria. Yeah. And she, oh, pizza her shop. wife was miserable for fucking. Her life was miserable when this song was out. <laughs> it's like Felicia. What happened to Felicia? Uh, yeah. It was a bad situation. But that song was incredible. Man. Mm-hmm. Carlos Santana, he, you know what he sacrificed? Charged it to the game. Got arthritis in his fingers. It's like what's happening with these football players with their shoulders and stuff. Oh, Charged the Hall of Famer? The, the Hall of Famers? Hey, how about Dickerson coming out and tripled down on what he said? Just tripled down on what he said about the Hall of Famers getting paid. $300,000 salary. Just... You know, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty fucking awesome. I think we should start making a run for me to get to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool, just to be able to collect that for the rest of my fucking life. I bet you Tio would have shown up if it was uh, part of the stipulation. You have to show up and do your speech if you get three hundred thousand yeah, dollars a year. For sure, you would. <laughs> How about just some healthcare uh, benefits? You know? Yeah, yeah. The, no, they wanted better. Yeah, the health. The, but on top of it, you know, maybe just like three hundred thousand dollars a year, maybe. The health insurance thing is interesting because we get it for five years after we retire. It's yeah. invested. So you get it for the next five years. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like the NFL just cuts ties with you, basically. I have – I have, um, and it's not that they cut ties. This is just something that's been withstanding for a long time. And to be honest, this is something the NFLPA could have been negotiated. Yeah. Because this is an NFLPA thing, too. And there's been there, – I've been sat in a lot of team meetings where players – we're, hey, why don't we give money to some retired players? And big officials in the NFLPA have told me straight to my face, let them worry about their own business. we got to worry about our business. It's like, well, oh. we're all going to be retired players at some yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So 
So that's that was a real conversation that had happened in team meetings whenever this new CBA was happening. And I was too young to talk at the time, but I'm very observant human. And that was something that kind of caught my eye when that was happening. People were like, hey, why don't we give some money to retired players? And the, the players that were asking that question were asking that as like, hey, we're all going to be retired players at some point. And the answer was, they got to worry about their own business. We got to worry about our business too. It's like, they, well, that is our business, motherfucker. The only person that isn't helping you would be you guys, right? Who aren't players who are just working as NFLPA reps. Yeah, because you, I assume you guys are the ones paying the pension four or five years for each retired guy, right? It's mm-hmm. coming out of your check. You're going into a well, pension fund. Pension's lifetime. The benefits is only five years. I mean, the yeah, I'm at the uh, yeah the, the insurance package too as well. That's how like with state police, we we have money come out of our checks to pay for the retiree package benefits. Uh, I'm not sure. To be honest, something's going on with my stuff. I keep hearing a sound. Are you? Do you hear that on that side? The no, boop, we do boop, not. Boop, boop. No, no, it's your uh, your earbuds are maybe low you on char- battery. Maybe you should charge those every once in a while. I did, but my 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 hole is my little case is unchar- not charged. It's at a oh. percenter. Uh, you got to charge the home, charge the home, yeah, the- and then you put the pods in their little beds, and then they they rest as well. These AirPods are some of the best things Apple's done since the original iPhone. Agreed. Agreed. These things are awesome. percent. This is for Tim Cook's first success. Story. <laughs> I'll say that. that was probably still Steve Jobs, to be honest with you. Well, it's probably something he. Nerd Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you guys love him? Why? Oh, I want it to be nicer. Now go dig yourselves in a hole for like 10 years. <laughs> 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 really ruined my thought of Steve Jobs. <laughs> But I don't know if we pay for the insurance or not. I have no idea if that comes out of our checks. I don't think everything is that negotiated in the CBA. Mm-hmm. But the conversation about paying retired players definitely came up in numerous conversations. Yeah. In the NFLP, the heads of the NFLPA, Demory Smith included, was like, "No, oh, we got to take care of ourselves, though." It's like, I, it sounds like you're taking care of you because yeah, all exactly. of us are going to be retired. Players. Maybe like yeah. maybe like twenty grand a year just to supplement whatever else they're doing. But I think three hundred is fucking ridiculous. I think health insurance is a real thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, I agree I with that. that. That's something. Now, granted, I'll work for the rest of my life. I'm very happy and proud of that fact. I knew that I was not. My life was not over when football was over. Now, granted, I didn't have concussions and my shoulders didn't get banged up. I can still walk. That whole shit. But there's a lot of guys who, after their NFL career, it's it. And then they struggle with stuff for the rest of their lives. And you can get – you get a pay – what's that called? Uh, injury uh, comp? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Workers, workers comp? Workers comp. Guys get workers comp, but the doctors you're going to basically – I think they have to be approved by the NFL. I might be wrong. So the doctors you're going to, it's a very interesting situation at workers comp. But the no insurance thing is wild because – you got a lot of guys just doing a I lot mean, of things. I, if I'm the Hall of Fame people, I'm leading off with the insurance, mm-hmm. and then let's push so we don't look like assholes. At least you're doing a little yeah, PR-wise, yeah, yeah. you know? Even if but you go get thing, another job, the pre-existing condition thing fucks a lot of people. You know what I mean? Some insurance companies yeah. won't take you if you've already had a, a knee yeah. blowout or something. Like we just talked to Joseph yeah. Adai. He's 35, and sometimes it takes him a half hour to get to the bathroom. He's gonna And his NFL insurance is probably already up. It's a wild world, the NFL. We got an interview with Albert Breer coming up, but before we send to that, we got to do some quick picks quick. with myself and Dave. Quick picks. <laughs> um, so you can keep track and follow along with our bets. Yep. Uh, at the Sports Action app, My Action. What's it called, Diggs? Sports Action app is the app um, that you could download from the App Store. It's the greatest app on 
the face of the earth. And it actually now you can sync it. Like you put your bets into my bookie and those bets literally sync right into the app to track. Because there's nothing like becoming a full-blown gambler, which is what I've become. And I think anybody who starts dancing with it gets into it because it just makes the game so much better. You start forgetting, oh, what was the line for this? What did I put money on for that? How many points did I say they were going to get? Did the line move? And the sports action app from the My Action Network just keeps up with everything. Mm -hmm, they literally mm -hmm. keep up with everything. They show you a green dot if it's winning, a red dot if you're losing. Come enjoy Green Dot City with Diggs and I at the Sports Action app. Keep track of all of your bets. Keep track of our bets. And let's go ahead and give them some locks, Diggsy. And you can actually follow Pat's bets at myaction.app slash Pat. So if you want to see what Pat's betting on. And they also have this new thing. It's win probability where at any point in the game, you could go into the app and it, they actually give you a percentage of chance of you covering your bet or losing your bet. Oh, as a game Which was great to start. And then at one point last week, I had like an 87% chance to win a bet. Uh -huh. And then uh, something happened, and it went, dropped immediately to zero. So fuck that percentage. I was at 91% <laughs> with the fucking Vikings. Oh. <laughs> 91% when that kid was trying out on the field to kick that 35-yard fucking game winner. I know. I can see how people hate kickers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you, we give them both of our picks? I'm going Cleveland minus three tonight. Go ahead and lock that thing in. I locked in at minus three. I think it's minus three and a half now. Yeah. This is the first time in forever they've been favored. Is Are the Jets going to view that as a slap in the face, or are the Browns going to see it as motivation? Is the dog pound going to be ready to go? Is the Bud Light going to be unleashed on Cleveland finally? <laughs> I got Cleveland minus three tonight. Todd Haley, Greg Williams, make it happen. You also had Bengals money line. You had Saints money line. Denver money line. Mm -hmm. Miami minus two and a half. Vikings mm -hmm. minus 16 and a half. And the Pats minus six and a half. I had Colts. Yep. I had the Colts plus six and a half. The Bengals plus three. The Broncos plus five. Give me all those Vikings minus seventeen points until the Bills cover a game. And the Pats minus six and a half. Well, perfect timing. My AirPods just died. Uh, <laughs> we gave you all of our quick picks. I think you're going to enjoy those. I think you're going to make a lot of money. The tide is turning. Last week, I got kicked square in the nuts from this gambling thing from my bookie. But all I did was invest in the greatest gambling site on earth. You seek geek, go ahead and buy some tickets and go see something. And the Sports Action app is the best place on earth to keep track yep. of all your bets. And the fact that they're synced up with my bookie is absolutely beautiful. You don't have to pay attention to nothing. Just go ahead and see the green dots flowing. All those bets are locks from Diggs and I. And now... I have to go throw some some bags into a corner <laughs> we had to travel around Orlando for. I got to go make a quick video for the WWE. Hopefully, they get into the business of the Pat McAfee business. And the boys over there in Indianapolis got to make and edit a quick hit. So you guys got to do your magic. Diggs, you look great today. Thank Nick, you. That bald head is shining. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> Feels real good. Kyle Thomas, you look skinny, bub. <laughs> Thank you. At Viva Lazito, hope you're great. Um, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube to watch this, by yep. the way. I'm literally in a hotel where you can catch Foxy. I'm getting a call now from Wells from ESPN. I want to know what he's talking about. That's great. <laughs> the whole show. Uh, um, but, ladies and gentlemen, another writer. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this, tell your friends. Hashtag Endgang. Hashtag Endgame. 70 screenshot of you subscribing to our YouTube and you might get some merch.
Love that Kevin idea. Fox from the corner. Did you hear that? Did you guys hear yeah, that? a screenshot of you subscribing to Pat McAfee Show YouTube, mm-hmm. and then uh, you might get some merch. Yeah. Yeah, because we run our own merch company now, by the way. The magic shirts shut off my fucking credit card again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Couldn't even, couldn't even check into the hotel. <laughs> All right, from all of us to all of you, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on Tuesday. Um, Albert Breer, head of Monday Morning Quarterback, sat down with us earlier this week for an incredible conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. Other than that, have the best weekend of your life. Hashtag Endgame, hashtag Endgame. Picture of you subscribing to YouTube. YouTube's already cash yet. Catch your girl's likes open. Don't <laughs> smash that. Don't be surprised if she is. Yeah, it's on YouTube, bitch. Um, you guys have a great one. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Pat McAfee Show. Albert Breer on the other side of Ty Schmidt. Hit the music. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man heralded as a great broadcaster, great journalist, and he's the head of Monday Morning Quarterback. Peter King handed over the reins to this man right here. Ladies and gentlemen, he competed in the Pardon My Take Journalist Combine just a few months ago. Albert Breer. Yeah, that was... I know you're probably still in the athleticism I put on display there, right? Yeah, I mean, you're an incredible athlete, but you're an incredible writer as well. And there's so much happening right now in the NFL. Is it like a field day whenever you're, it's, it's your job to take over a media outlet like Monday Morning Quarterback? Yeah, you know, it's been interesting because um, you know, I think things are changing so fast in our business. I'm sure, I mean, you know, you being in it now, you see it. It's just, um, you know, I think I think for all of us, like the the, the content we have, like covering the NFL, um, there's a ton of demand for it. Um, the, the question is how you're going to deliver it to the audience, and you know that means looking at like what the 20 year old and what the 50 year old is doing and how they're consuming content. It's so much different than how you or I grew up reading the newspaper, reading magazines, just watching TV. It's um, you know they're getting things through their phone. They're 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 you know, consuming things differently than we did. Um, and for us, you know, it's kind of exciting in that, you know, we now have to look at, you know, what we're doing and really take a hard look at like, the content we have. And it's not so much, you know, like, okay, like we want to do this or this or this differently. It's how do we want to deliver that content, you know? Um, and so that's what's been kind of interesting for me over the last two years working with, working with Peter and now moving into this new role. And, um, yeah, I'm pumped to see where it all goes. How many people do you have working for you over there? I think it's a, we have about a half dozen dedicated writers and then, you know, the magazine people work with us too. And then three editors. So, um, I would say, I would say like the MMQB staff, like the people who are working directly for the site, um, are, it's probably about 10. And then, you know, we've got like the sports illustrated NFL staff too, which, you know, we all sort of work together and, um, you know, they cross over to us and we cross over to them some too. How bad did you bash kickers and punters yesterday? Did I bash kickers and punters? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah I did a little yeah. bit. Uh, <laughs> Zane had a rough one, right? Yeah, Daniel Carlson, also a rough one. Both of them have been kicked yeah, out of the I'll NFL. What, Hecker, Hecker, Hecker was a hero. Hecker was a, like, like, Hecker almost made up for the rest of them because he had, to, he, he had to, an emergency situation go and do something that was out of his comfort zone, so... I'll, I'll, I'll hand it to Johnny Hacker. I agree You're completely. Here, Pat. I agree completely <laughs> with that, and I love that. That's not usually the journalism way is being positive. 
<laughs> I, I know, I know. I was just trying to find a silver lining for you there. Does the NFL stand a chance against all of its PR bullshit that continues to happen and happen and happen? For instance, and now that the NFL is so large, everything that happens is just scrutinized to the upturned degree. Antonio Brown sends out a tweet today, trade me then, after a local reporter talks about him being a system-wide receiver. That's just one particular incident. Now, if 32 NFL teams, anything bad happens with the internet and how large the NFL is, it sprays everywhere. Will the NFL be able to survive these PR nightmares that seem to happen on a very regular basis well, these days? The funny thing about the NFL, Antonio Brown thing. That wasn't a media guy. That was one of the. That was like one of their XTR guys, like who worked in the PR <laughs> department there for seven years. And so there's something going on there. But um, yeah, I think a big part of the NFL problem has been that they just they're not very good at addressing problems. You know, I think the anthem is a perfect example of it. Like, I, I think in May we could have all guessed uh, the like we, we could have all said like, well, you know, if you're gonna you know put this policy in place, then it's going to create more of a problem because each team is going to be setting its own policy and you're going to have different rules from place to place. And it's going to be news story after news story about how all these different teams are handling it. And they kept telling us, no, 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 the focus is going to be back on football. Me or you or anyone else could have forecast how that, how that was going to go. It turned into a disaster for them. It took, I mean, one thing happening for them to completely reverse course. And I think it was indicative of the issues they've had in general where, um, you know, I think over the years you look at it and they've constantly been in damage control because they've been very poor at forecasting issues. Um, you know, I think you look at the domestic violence stuff, like how they handled that, um, the management of those things on the front end. It's just it's issue after issue where I think anyone with common sense could look at it and say, like, wow, they're really screwing this up. And, and they can't see that for themselves. And so, that's part of the reason why you're seeing some of um, some of the owners changing, you know, pushing for some reorganization at the league office. And I think the big reason why we've seen some turnover at the league office over the last year or two. Reading your Wikipedia, it said that you were holding the NFL's bags basically there for the Colin Kaepernick situation. Do you believe that's fair, or do you believe that at the moment <laughs> you didn't have all the proper information or the right information? I I should tell you this, Pat. I did my best to try and um, get as real a perspective as I could on that. Um, you know, I, I, I called as many teams as I possibly could. I asked them why they weren't pursuing it because, I, you know, the best thing I can do is, is, is pursue the truth, you know, and, and I know that you know, this narrative or that narrative gets out there on social media and it becomes like a runaway freight train, you know, yep. like uh, a couple of people believe something and it becomes truth, you know, and, what I tried to do in that situation was try to make it, try to figure out what was really happening inside these buildings. And I just tell you, like the, as best I could tell, um, and this is kind of a, a tough way to, you know, it's, it's, you don't want to put it this way because he's not like, like, it's not like the same type of trouble that another kind of guy's bringing. But I think, you know, this is that most NFL teams um, have a higher threshold for what they're willing to put up with the better the player is. And so if you're one of the top five or 10 players in the roster, teams are willing to put up with a lot. If you're 30th or 40th, they're willing to put up with almost nothing. And I think that's where Colin Kaepernick ran into a problem was where, you know, if he was still, you know, a guy who's going to be a starting quarterback, a star in the league and a top five player on, on a roster. Well, you know, I think that the teams would have been able to, would have been willing to put up with almost anything. But if it's your backup quarterback, the threshold is what they're willing to put up with and what they're willing to bring in 
is a whole lot lower. And so, you know, that was the explanation I got from Osteen. I know I got crushed for it. Um, you know, my job isn't to manage what people think. I mean, my job is to try and pursue the truth, and that's what I was doing there. Oh, what a tagline there at the end. <laughs> be who you can afford to be, the number one line in all of the NFL. That is uh, – <laughs> That's everything. At uh, Carson Wentz is coming back for the Philadelphia Eagles, even though Foles is Super Bowl MVP. Now, granted, they lost to the unbeatable Fitzmagic <laughs> and the Buccaneers this past weekend. But if Carson Wentz struggles out the gate, do you think Philadelphia will have uh, a lot of bitching going on over there about potential Foles being in instead of Wentz? No, because I think I mean, and I've talked to Doug Peterson a couple times about this over the last couple of months. You know, the way that, that he views it, I think the way that they view it organizationally is everything that they do, um, you know, with Carson Wentz is seen to like a 10-year or 15-year prism, right? So being careful with him and holding him back the first couple of weeks um, and being cautious with him through his rehab, that was, well, this guy's going to be here for 15 years. So why would we be worried about getting him in there for, for an extra week or two or pushing him for an extra week or two? Wouldn't be smart to do that. And so I think when he gets back in the field, it's the same sort of thing. You know, it's if he's going to have, if there are going to be some bumps coming back from a major, you know, knee injury, well, you know, that's part of the deal. We'll have to incur those bumps and we're going to do what's best for us long term. You know, it's a big, big piece of, of why that was one of the first things Harry Roseman did when he, when he got control back in 2016 was, you know, he looked at some of the other organizations across the league and saw how Eli Manning had created stability for the Giants and how Philip Rivers had created stability for the for the Chargers and how Ben Roethlisberger had created stability for the Steelers. Um, you know, and you're more obvious ones like Manning with the Colts and Brady with the Patriots. And it's like, you know, if you're stable at that position, it creates stability, of course, across the organization for a long period of time. And you know, that's the way they view it with Carson Wentz. So, you know, if, if it means enduring, you know, a, a little bit of a bumpy four or six weeks back as he gets comfortable with the knee, so be it. He's going to be there for 15 years. Green Bay Packers just paid Aaron Rodgers $100 million, another man that uh, goes into that category where if you have somebody there, it uh, creates some comfort for the team and something to build around. Is this an injury that Aaron Rodgers is going to battle all year, or are they going to look and find a week where they can rest him, or two weeks they can rest him, to your knowledge? I think understanding if they're going to let him play. Um, I think we're going to complicate it a little bit is just how important this one game was. I mean, you know, they're, they're not going to – I don't think, you know, Mike McCarthy or the Packers are going to come out and say it. Um, but, you know, the fact is that that game was different. You know, um, playing against the Vikings – um, and this is the home end of the, of the home and the home um, with the Vikings. Um, that game could be the difference between, you know, being at home um, the first uh, – the, during the wild card weekend and then playing a home game in, in the divisional round and going on the road in the wild card round. is the difference between potentially the one or the two seed and the five or the six seed. So, you know, I think that, you know, Rogers' mentality and, and the Packers' mentality was to try and get out there. Um, and so now that he's been out there, I think – I don't – He's going to pull back and, and go back to the bench. I, what I do think is going to happen, I do think they're going to continue to manage him a certain way. And so if they can find ways to get him breaks, if they've got a big lead in the game over the next couple of weeks, um, you know, then I think they'll do that. Because my understanding is you know, that this bruise is largely a pain management issue, but there is you know, some, some, some damage that can be done um, you know, putting him out there. And so they're going to be very, very careful about that. 
Ian Rappaport just broke some news that the Patriots are getting close on a deal with wide receiver Josh Gordon. Is that the Patriots just getting what the Patriots always do, the rich getting richer? Unbelievable situation, Albert Breer, if this comes to uh, fruition. Well, if he can play. I mean, I think he's played 11 games in the last four years, right? So if he can get him, if they can get him back in the, if they can get him in the lineup, I think that, you know, that, um, you know, it obviously would be a, a potentially a game changer. I think you put him on that roster. He is the most talented player on that roster, including, you know, Rob Gronkowski, um, most physically gifted guy on that roster. And so, uh, there's a super, super high end. Yeah, I better than Gronk, Albert. You're paid to talk about football. You're saying that if Josh Gordon gets on that team, he's the best football player on Tom Brady, the no, greatest quarterback the of all team. Is no, 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 Rob no, no, no. Gronkowski's Albert? You're paid to talk about Pat, the NFL. Pat, 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 not the not the best, the most physically gifted. Okay. Well, I mean, Gronkowski is a Clydesdale who runs like a ninja. I mean, uh, what, what are we? Not the best, not the best. The most physically, he'd be the most physically gifted. I mean, he's outrageously talented, right? Like, we all know that. Like, in year two, and receivers are part position to play when you're a first or a second year player. In year two, he had 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, he is a freak. And so the, the question with him has always been can you, can you find a way to get him on the field? And that's going to be, that would be a challenge, you know, because of all the baggage he has in his past. And I think one thing that makes the Patriots uniquely qualified to handle this um i think for most teams they would look at it and they would say well acquiring them in march is different than acquiring them in, in september right like if you acquire them in march and kind of figure out over two or three months like, okay does he fit in here is he going to walk straight and narrow in september you acquire them and it's if it's a week-to-week thing it can kind of become a distraction it can be a problem and so your locker room i'm the patriots are one of the few locker rooms who's got the ability to absorb that sort of thing I think learning the Patriots playbook might be more difficult than people think because it's a lot of yeah. if this, then this. I think that'll be a very interesting situation for Josh. But, man, that locker room is the one that can handle any type of personality like that to come inside of it. Because I think you you watch what Tom's doing. You watch how the way Belichick operates. You watch and you're like, okay, now I'm for real. Not at the 1-32 in 32 Browns where you can kind of <laughs> call your own shot and do whatever. That's a wild situation he ends up up Watch him go get a Super Bowl ring this year. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are looking at this right now and are probably sick to their stomach over it. Even if it is a 20% chance that it becomes that, like there are probably a lot of people out there that are sick over this. I have no idea how he doesn't end up on the Los Angeles Rams. It seems like they're just picking up every good player in football somehow. And signing- you know, it makes sense for the Browns, right? Because he put him in the NFC and mm-hmm. said he's not your problem anymore. The uh, L.A. Rams, you think they're going to be able to keep it together with all those personalities all year? They seem to be unstoppable at this time. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, I think that's been the challenge since the start. And, and I would tell you this. I mean, it, you know, I haven't, I haven't been around uh, you know, Sean and, and, and knowing the way that he, he runs that program. I, I do think one of the advantages that having, having a 32-year-old head coach um, and having such a dynamic personality in your head coach has given them it just allows them to sort of cast a wider net from a talent standpoint, right? Like, there's this feeling there, like, okay, like, you know, we can go and bring in guys who are a little bit different because we've got a head coach who's a force of nature, and, and he'll figure it out, and he'll find a way to make this all work. It's a dangerous game to play, but I certainly understand why you would do it. 
you would capitalize on the fact that you do have a head coach like that. And so their feeling is that having these guys, you know, as having, having, having Sean and having that coaching staff in place, um, you know, having guys like Wade Phillips on the staff, like that, that allows them to cast a wider net and bring in a lot of different personalities. He's Rain Man, huh? That video of him servicing, <laughs> recalling plays from two, three years ago was unbelievable. Oh, it was incredible. Absolutely. He, he's he got good hair, too. He's out there in L.A. He's attractive. Yeah, he lives in L.A. He's got a place up in the hills. Yeah, it's good to be Sean McVay right now. <laughs> How about you? Where do you live full-time? Oh, I'm, I'm boring now. I, we were in the city until two and a half years ago, but we're in the suburbs now. And, uh, yeah, two kids living out in the suburbs, like, halfway between Boston and Cape Cod. It's, uh, it's a pretty boring life I lead. <laughs> Albert, I heard you used to like to have a good time, though. Is that true? Oh, I still do. I still do. It's just, just a little harder for me. I got to work a little bit more for it now. <laughs> what, were you a pub bar guy or a nightclub guy? Shots or beers? Oh, I'm way more. No, 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 no. I'm a bar guy. Don't don't mix that up. <laughs> I can't do clubs anymore either. I'm old. I got hemorrhoids. The whole- oh, I, I go into a cold on the loss. I'll tell you what. Like, you put me in a club, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite story you've ever written in your life? Uh... I don't know. I mean, I think like the, the ones that the ones that are the best, the ones that are like the, the hardest to get. You know, I mean, like there, like there are some weird ones. Like I wrote about like when I was in Dallas. This is you know, when I was twenty-seven. Um, you know, I, I wrote about like this guy who'd been on the original Cowboys team who like lived in this commune. Like, and he was a really good player in the sixties, and he lived in this commune, um, and it was like almost like a cult. And I had to go to North Carolina and track him down. And, you know, I found him and he slammed the door in my face. And, you know, so that was an interesting one. I think those are the ones like just covering the NFL that I think, you know, you know, you feel at least like you are able to kind of get behind closed doors. I mean, I, I think the more recent ones, there was one I did was on Sam Darnold, the Jets whole process over two years of, of finding a way to, to, to evaluate the quarterbacks and get information on the quarterbacks and then ultimately taking them. So, I have a hard time answering that question, um, you know. And then there's the TV stuff I did too. I've done too, which is like, you know, standing in front of office buildings for six months during the lockout. So uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to pick one because there's a lot of different types of things that I've done. You know, were you supposed to get into news, or was sports always going to be sports journalism? No, I, I was always sports. I, you know, I, I actually the way I got into this is funny. I, I, I had terrible grades when I was in high school. And uh, my dad decided, like, you know, you got to do something. And we're going to find a way. Uh, but we, you know, you, there's going to be nothing in your college resume if you don't do something. And so, uh, yeah, I played high school football all the time. And he, uh, he called up the local sports editor and said, you know, would you have something for him? And then, you know, I, I started writing uh, about the team that I was on. And that was probably the fall of my junior year. And I guess I did a decent job on that. The sports editor there said to me, well, how about we, you know, come bring you in and you can cover a sport that you don't, uh, they, that you don't play. And so I think I covered like the girls basketball team for a little while after that or something like that. And it was great because it was high school and I was getting like 60 bucks a morning, which felt like $5,000 a time, you know? And, uh, one thing led to another one, like I had this great plan to get into journalism. You know, I always knew I wanted to be involved in sports. I knew I'd never come close to being good enough to ever get paid to play. I thought about coaching for a long time, and I kind of wound up doing that. I'll tell you what. 
A little bit of a snitch in the locker room you writing while playing for a team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a narc, huh? <laughs> uh, all right, Albert Breer, I appreciate you so much for joining us, brother. Uh, all right, thanks, Pat. Hey, um, MMQB on the internet. Check out everything Albert Breer and his six writers do. Half a dozen, by the way. Great lingo for <laughs> six. He hung up. I would have hung up. Are we good? Yeah, no, I'm here. <laughs> hey, great lingo for six, by the way. Half a dozen. Not a Half bad. Half a dozen. like that? Yeah. Very, I guess it's very northeast of me. Right? Yeah. Half a dozen. I mean, it's pretty elitist of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Albert, this is a real question. Yeah. How come some, and I won't say all, because I don't believe that you should ever paint with a broad brush. How come some sports journalists feel as if they're bigger than the games that they're covering? Uh, I don't know. I've always taken that for, I, I, I always, I've always thought like it was kind of like all of our jobs are stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't think, like, I don't think like, I don't, I don't like, I actually don't think like pro sports are to be taken that seriously by like, people who aren't playing them. So like, if that's not to be taken that seriously, then why should we take ourselves seriously? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's because like my wife's a nurse. And she does, and her job's like way more. Like, I mean, she's like, literally, like, like working in a children's hospital, saving lives. And I'm sitting <laughs> over here, like scribbling down, like, like so and so did on third down. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, Josh Gordon I, just signed with the New England Patriots. Yeah, babe, I was a part of a heart transplant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But Belichick just fucking did it again, babe. That's hilarious. Perspective putter right there. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, that's. I mean, I just never like. I, I honestly like. I don't know. Like the whole bigger than the game thing is. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like. I, I just when I see people when I see that that sort of chest pounding, it's, I don't know. Just, I sort of roll my eyes at it. You know. Well, I can respect that you roll your eyes at it because I want to punch him in the face. So that's a little bit of a different operation. Well, I respect that. <laughs> Coming to us live from a train. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, head of Monday Morning Quarterback, congratulations on the job promotion. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Albert Breer. Uh, all right. Thanks, Pat. Thank you, Albert. I appreciate you, man. Safe travels. All right. Have a good one, Pat. See ya. Thank you. Bye-bye.